Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. My next guest, Nicole Lee, is the founder of Aria Wealth. Nicole mentors women when it comes to their finances. And if you're like me when it comes to finance talk and it feels like a foreign language, then you're going to want to pay attention to this conversation. Once, not too long ago, Nicole was in the same boat. And I've heard time and time again of women feeling stuck in a relationship they don't love, in a job they don't like, or living from paycheck to paycheck with a pile of debt that never seems to go away because they just don't have the first clue about finances and they didn't ask for help. Nicole mentors women, empowering them with knowledge, one digestible piece at a time, so they can become financially free and make the best decisions for themselves. Hey, Nicole, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Hi, how are you? I am doing fabulous. So good to see you. I can't wait to dive into all of the money talk, the financial talk, because I feel like I'm going to like selfishly learn a whole lot and maybe become a little more financially literate through the conversation. Um, But I know that you were not always living financially free. So can you take us back to your former relationship with money? Yes. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, It's really exciting to talk about this stuff because I feel like I could talk about it all day long. So thank you. Um, so I wasn't always financially free. Is that, that was what you asked? Like, where did I start? Yeah. And your, your former relationship with money, because now you're in a spot where like you and money are BFFs, you're kicking ass, taking names, all the things you, you it feels good, Yeah, but it, it didn't used to be like that. So where was, what, what was it like? And, and how did you even develop the relationship that you had with money? I guess. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think all of us sort of, we have to go back to our family of origin because so much of um, how I developed or didn't develop financially was, you know, just if I think back to what I learned good and bad from my family, you know, like there was a lot of good. My parents are blue collar and they were very fiscally responsible and they absolutely talked to me about money. Um, But then there was the little self like subconscious things and that I picked up and, and beliefs they held. And I would say I moved into my twenties, um, probably not feeling the biggest reason I didn't feel financially confident was because I hadn't found my, my career and I hadn't finished my education. So I, I stopped college early. I dropped out of college because I was like, this isn't for me, even though I loved psychology, I knew I wanted to do something more creative. I really, really wanted to, um, do things that were with my hands and like less academic. And so I think my confidence was rocked a little bit because I did grow up in a mentality that education was the path to wealth. So I was kind of feeling like, oh, well, now that I've stopped and haven't finished my degree, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do well? And I, so I I had that stumbling block of like, I might not, you know, unless I marry, you know, wealthy, I might not ever have like a great financial situation, but it always kind of bugged me at the back of my head. I was like, no, that doesn't seem right. Like there's a lot of really successful people that, um, you know, didn't go on and have an amazing education. Lots of ways to get educated. So I I started kind of feeling down on myself that I'd made that decision. Um, I did get married really young and um, we ended up being quite entrepreneurial, the both of us. So we started a few businesses and my role was definitely on the supportive side. You know, he was out there raising money. Um, and you know, the CEO, but it was my role to do absolutely everything else because they were startups and we didn't have any money. And so I learned a lot about running businesses and hiring teams and, but it was never my career and it was never like, I wasn't getting credit for it. I was that the woman behind the man, I was raising little kids and the story was strong and that I didn't have the career I was. So it was weird. It's like I disconnected from any worth to what I was creating with my partner and gave him all the credit. And I didn't see, I guess I didn't see my value because I had a story that my value came from my education. 
Mm. And, and so I would say those were like dark days, like depression, um, didn't understand the good I was creating, didn't understand what I was capable of. And it wasn't until like I had this series of events where it was like, you know, I'm trying to raise these two little babies who are just so wonderful and I want them to get the best version of me. And noticing the disconnect between what I was being reflected back from them and what I was being reflected back from my mom friends, um, people I was meeting when I was helping grow these businesses. And I was getting really great feedback about who I was, the value I was bringing. And that was one of those first moments in my 20s where I was like, wow, like I really don't have any self-confidence. I really don't have a healthy sense of self-worth. Like these people think I'm great at X, Y, and Z. And I just think I'm like, I just, so it was like, it was good because when you realize that you have such low self-worth, like you kind of have a choice to make, like, are you going to do something about it? I was like, I kind of start. I think I was listening to a lot of, or watching a lot of Oprah as I was like breastfeeding and, you know, all that stuff. And I was like, well, what if I actually like did feel that way about myself? Like, what would my life look like? And started to play with, okay, if I believed that, what would that make available? And it just set upon a journey of like, I want to think that I'm that great because I don't. And so Mm -hmm. that's like, that is a lot of like, reading, journaling, counseling, coaching. And it just became this like mission in my life. It's like, fuck this. Can I swear? Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to hate myself this much. I want to think that I'm great like all these other people do. And I think that when you, when time goes by and you do all the work and you spend all the money and you start to actually believe that you're valuable, you know, you, you do really start to rethink everything in your life. Like your thoughts change, what's possible changes, what you're curious about changes, the the conversations you put yourself in the middle of the people you surround yourself with. So, you know, you don't go from feeling dependent and um, have a really low self-worth to being wealthy overnight, right? Like it's not, I think people are always looking for this like quick, oh, well, how did you become wealthy? And it's like, oh shit, man. It's because I've, started this journey in my early 20s I'm now 45 and I put in a lot of like work up here before I ever started learning about money so money was I think you get to a point where you start to see your value you see how you can add value to situations and how you can be valuable to people and it just it was a natural it turned into money it was like okay well understanding what I could do for other people to help their businesses, you know, like start putting a value on things. And then when I started to think about, okay, now I have, I really clearly understand the value I'm adding to these startups. I clearly understand what I could charge for my time to do this. And it wasn't about supporting my husband's business anymore. It was about, I had, I had value to this and I'm doing something valuable. And you know, it was one book at a time. At the time, there was like not really like online blogs or anything. This was like, you know, <laughs> we're talking a while ago. This before <laughs> this whole world we have now. There was no like Instagram, and you know, I don't even really think I was on Facebook until I was a late adapter of Facebook, even. But um, my journey to being interested in money ultimately came because I valued myself. I was starting to look around and realize that I was very unhappy in my life. Loved being a mom, really appreciated that I did have my kids so young, but knew that my marriage wasn't going to be for me long-term. I still had that nagging story of like, I just help his businesses. And Mm -hmm. I realized that the only way I was going to be able to take that next leap is if I really did carve my own career out from what we were doing together. And you know, start to see that independence. But it was, this was all stuff I put on myself. Like, I can't pin this on him like he was a bad guy or he, you know, he controlled the fine. Like, it's, I allowed that dynasty to be created. Like, I allowed myself to hand over the finances to him. And really, I probably was kind of disinterested for many years because I had little kids and it was too overwhelming. And I had a story like, I'm not good at math, so I'll never be good at finances. And he's a math genius, so 
he's the obvious person to handle it. And, you know, he's smarter than me because he's better. He's way more educated than I am. So he should handle it. Like I had a lot of reasons why I didn't, I didn't handle it. But when I decided I wanted my marriage to end and I knew that I needed to go to, a, again, a process to get there, it took me years again to learn enough about money where I felt like, okay, now I understand money enough that I can do life on my own. I can end this marriage. Okay. There is so much in that, but a couple yeah. of things that you brought up, I'm like, how beautiful that sometimes it only takes like somebody seeing something in you that you haven't yet seen to make you think, oh, they're looking at me this way. Maybe that is a quality in myself that I've never even thought about or gave myself credit for. I'm just like in it. Sometimes you're just in it. So you don't see it. And then to realize like to make the decision, if I want to show up in that way, like you said, it, it it takes work and you really have to, I feel like when you look around the people who are successful in whatever that looks like to them, it looks so different and really happy are the ones who've done the inner work. So, and it comes back, you, you were saying like, you didn't have the education. You gave things over to your husband um, because those were your beliefs. He wasn't the one telling you like, you're not smart enough. You can't, you were the one being like, no, this is your superpower. This is what you're good at. I'm not really good at this thing. I'm not interested in it. When you were married, were you too financially successful or like living free together? Eventually, yes, we were. I mean, that's not how we started out, right? We were quite young, but we did build successful businesses together and we were in a very great situation when I left. Okay, so but then- we weren't, we weren't in a situation where I like left the marriage with a lot of money or anything, but like it's it's complicated without getting into it because of the businesses and stuff. But, um, you know, we, we had a very comfortable living. Okay, so you were living pretty comfortably- like you created that together. You were like behind the scenes, but I feel like in every successful business or person or community, there's always like the team and the community that maybe isn't front facing, but are just as much of an important piece of the puzzle. Right. So here yeah. you are kind of behind the scenes. You've created this, these businesses together in a partnership, but then you're realizing, okay, this marriage isn't for me long-term. So how did you go about um, getting to that place? You said it took years to be able to feel like you could be independent on your own and be able to support yourself and, and your kids because I've seen, and I know so many people which, who are in relationships, staying in them because they just don't see a way to be able to become financially independent. Yeah. You know, there's what I would say looking back, like it's so much easier looking back now. I can see now how I could have left sooner. Um, but I guess on some level I wasn't ready and I hadn't, I, there's a part of me that's quite systematic. I needed a lot of the things in place before I could feel comfortable. And also like, it's, it's hard to let go of, of like there's the emotional side, right? It's hard to let go of your family being together and all that. But I mean, there's a lot to that, what you just said, because I, who I am today is not who I was when I left, right? Mm. Is not who, like it, she changes so much. So it's easy now to look back and see how I could have and would have done it differently. Um, remind me to like what you're, your question was and like where you were wanting me to go with that. I'm kind of losing the plot there. So where people are like maybe in that situation right now and they're thinking they're, they know like, okay, there's going to be a course correction. I'm not going to be staying in this marriage or relationship, but I don't see like, it's, it's not even possible. So I'm just going to stay in it because there's no way like where do you, where did you start? Where would they even start to take the steps to change? Yeah. I, I think the question that came up somewhere along the way, and I don't know who asked it or if it's a famous person or if I read it, but it was like, um, 
if nothing was standing in your way, like what would you do? Right. And it was that, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but I was like, well, like, or no, if, if you, if nothing was standing in your way and you weren't worried about any consequences and you knew, I told you it was going to, everything was going to be okay. What would you do? And it was just like, leave my marriage. And it's like, okay, so what are all of the reasons I have that I'm not doing it today? And there was the emotional reasons. Like, you know, for me, it was layered with like, I'm going to disappoint my family. Nobody in my family has ever been divorced. This is supposed to be forever. Um, I'm going to break up my, like my, my family for my kids. Um, I'm in my mid thirties. Am I ever like, am I just going to be alone forever? Like there was all the emotional side of things, but then there was the really tactical things like, okay, well, I don't even really know. I don't feel like I have the knowledge of like what it even takes to run a house. It's like, you know, I, I have access to our, our bank accounts, I think. And I kind of see the in and out and I kind of know our bills, but like, do I really know what it takes to run a life? And um, so I started asking myself, like, like the very tactical reasons why I was, and it was like, oh, I'm worried that I'm going to be, you know, a diverse, diverse mom and broke. Um, I'm worried that I'll end up being somebody that like ends up in a really bad financial situation, right? Because I don't, so I, I went, when I started to work through all of those, it was like one thing at a time, you know, I had a really difficult conversation with my mom, right? So like, Okay. She's, and then she supported me and she was just like, listen, like, so that I started to slowly knock off the reasons why I wasn't. And then the, the ones with finances, it was like, I started doing, like I, I read, uh, I think it's called your money blueprint, something like that. And uh, your money or your life. And there was a, a few core books I read back then. It was, I realized how and why money stood in my way. And I realized like I was a really bad this is kind of a, like going in a different direction, but I was a really bad dieter. Like I never did well on diets. And for me, budgeting always felt the same way. So I always had this like thing that like, I like, I'm not budgeting because I'll just feel like I'm like being restricted and then it'll make me overspend much like how I did with food. Right. So it's like, yeah, budgets don't really work. So I was reading all these books about budgeting and I was like, this doesn't resonate for me at all. Like I get it. You need a plan, but like this, there's a rebel in me that was just like, mm, this doesn't work. And so, you know, learning about like learning a little bit more about budgeting, learning more about financial planning, really learning about costs of life. And then I went, okay, I'm going to look at my life and just be an investigator. Like how much does my mortgage cost? How much does my insurance cost? And I had this spreadsheet that I created, created just in Google docs of like learning what my life costs currently, like in my marriage and asking questions like do we have an rsp like do we have we ever done anything with this tfsa uh what what companies have we invested in and i i got all the information so like over a period of time i learned every fact i needed to about our life and i shared i was like i'm starting to get curious about finances like i really want to understand and i think different women have different experiences with that like i had somebody who wasn't there wasn't any secrets and you know, he didn't have anything weird going on. So he was just like, oh, good for you. Like, you might want to manage our money one day. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. So he was great about sharing information. Um, and then once I had all that information, I was like, okay, so now I see sort of what our life costs and what it would cost for me to run my life on my own. And uh, I was like, huh, interesting. You know, sat with that for a while. And it was like, hmm. Well, what about like the life I want? Like, what about not like what my life costs today, but what about I'm going to sit here and I like, I was just like on my own. I don't know if I had like rented a cabin or what it was, but I was like sitting there and I was like, okay, I want to go on this many girlfriend trips a year. I want to take my kids skiing. I want to go on a summer holiday. I want to, I'd really like to stay in the house I'm in right now. I want to finish raising the kids here and all the schools are close by. And I just, I wrote out my dream life is basically what I did. And I mm -hmm. added it all up and I was like, okay, this is what my life is going to cost if I was to create my dream life. And I saw what I was making at the time and I saw the differential and it was like, I got really clear about what I would have to change in order to create that. And I didn't have this like looming, like that has to be my life in order to be able to leave. Yeah. But at least I had this like, thing in mind it was like 
okay, if I was to create this, I know how much it would cost. I know what it would take. That and all that just slowly built my confidence, you know, and I didn't even tackle investing at that time. Like at this point, it was just really about how do I run the life, you know, so that I'm keeping the lights on and kids are happy and everybody's not going into scarcity or without. And that was really what happened in terms of like how I finally felt confident enough to leave. I didn't feel limited anymore because I had the information I needed to be able to safely make the decision. And it was like, that's really what it was. People feel stuck and limited. And so then they don't ever make that decision. But once you have all the information, you, your brain kind of goes, okay, well, I don't really have a reason to not anymore. Like I just have to do it. I don't actually have any more excuses. And was I scared? Totally. I was very, very, very scared because I felt like I had this mountain to climb now. It's like, okay, well, I know, I know what I need to do to create my dream life. I haven't really figured out how I'm going to do it yet, but at least I was able to like, you know, next step, which was end the marriage. Wow. Oh my goodness. I think that, um, that that's one thing that anybody can do today, figure out, get the knowledge, how much is your life going to cost? And I like how you took it a step forward to your dream life, right? Because it's one thing to be able to cover the bills and have the lights on. That's one thing, but to just live like that, it wouldn't be fulfilling, right? So it's like, what what does my dream life actually look like? And I actually did this exercise um, with my coach after she um, or no, I did it after I heard you on her podcast and I wrote out like my dream life just compared to now. Um, and it, it actually wasn't a whole lot more, which was yeah. really surprising. It's like, oh, I'm, and I mean, I have a really lovely life and I, um, am married and we like do a lot of amazing things. And there's just a few other things that I want to do to elevate my life and my day to day or or my year. And after doing that exercise, it was like, huh, you know what? It it isn't this like massive hill that I need to climb. It's just like a little bit more to make it like so much more um juicy. I don't know for a better word. Like yeah. just this. Yeah. It's so that's cool way when you like I think everyone thinks, you know, I need to make all this money or, you know, hit these milestones in order to have like your, your best life, but uh, it's not true. And I think we're all different. Like uh, your personalities are different too. So different people that are listening would have different ideas, but I had already done all the things to start creating a life I really love. So that was already in progress, but then to, to realize that like the things I valued most actually didn't change how much I needed, you know? And, and I think I touched on this earlier on, but one of my biggest reasons why I felt scared to leave and I felt like it was one of my like main, main excuses was security. My marriage made me feel safe and secure in that. Like there's two of us earning. Um, he's very educated. He's so smart. He's, he's just, we're, we're good financially if we stay together. And when you pull the thread on that for me, it's going to be different for everybody else. I was like, okay, so it's not about him. It's about feeling financially safe and secure. How do I actually do that for myself? Right. And Mm -hmm. I realized that how I did that for myself looked very different on my own because on my own, there wasn't that person that you could like look to almost like a, you know, you're going to you're going to always be able to save us. You're always going to be, it was like, Nicole, what are you going to do? to ensure you always feel safe. And, and it was like, okay, I, I need to know that I've got that money. And I guess that's what everybody was talking about when they said an emergency account, you know, like that's what they really meant. And so for me, it was like, I need to know that if shit falls apart, I've got, you know, money in the bank to cover my bills. And again, this is all just about being an investigator and being curious and asking yourself so many questions. And so I started to save but I didn't actually have the money to save. Like I, there wasn't room in my, my life to save the kind of money I wanted to save for this emergency fund. So that's where I was like, how am I going to make this money? And that's why I started renting my house out on Airbnb originally. Okay. 
yeah because I was just like I don't really see how I can make more money in my career right now I'm single parenting three kids because I'd had another one like there was another one that kind of got thrown into the mix along the way um and I didn't see the hours in the day to kind of create more money and so that's when I was like oh I could you know we have this beautiful house and it's got a pool in the summer and you know maybe that's something that we do there's a two-bedroom suite in our basement we can all move down there and rent it out sometimes or like when we go away or go up to visit family we can rent our house out and so that was the beginning of the emergency fund okay oh my gosh this sounds amazing so you said you started to become like an investigator and figure out find the information figure out how you were going to create for you it was security and, and i think that is for well a lot of people the overarching right that security that you're going to be okay that you're going to be safe that because that feels like a lot of pressure like yeah. even thinking about that like just not having that safety net or someone else to kind of you know fall back on or work together so what kind of things did you find along the way as you were investigating like how am I going to well I, things like um was it my washer and dryer or something in my house broke and I was like, I don't have the money to fix it because at the time it was just working, you know, this is like probably before I started this, the Airbnb. And I was like, huh, okay. So I've saved, like, I've set my life up for like making sure I'm saving for all the things that you can anticipate, like saving for your property trap taxes. And so I knew that when, when I learned what everything cost, I realized that having just a checking account wasn't going to work for me. Like I need to see pockets of money sitting there for the things that come up. So it was like, I created all these savings accounts. It's like property taxes, and everything I could think. I like the emergency fund and a kid account and vacation account. And I don't know, I just had so many savings accounts and they were all labeled on my online banking. And every month, money was automatically transferred into these little pockets because I'd planned for it. But if it just sat in my checking account, it would have just got spent. And, mm -hmm. and that psychologically shifts your brain because you go from having this one account that ebbs and flows and you don't really, it's hard to track to like knowing like very clearly what comes in and out of my checking account are the following things. Really all that's left is food. Um, and to see like that one's coming up and down every month right but all these other little savings accounts were growing so I started to see these like little pockets and I was like that's that's actually shifting something in me where I'm not feeling like in scarcity and so when that thing broke I realized okay I also need um when shit goes wrong in your house account you know what I mean like I need yeah. that like um house maintenance and so it just like I think you, as you learn that you don't have money, if your car breaks down, it's like you, you start to kind of go, I, I need to be saving for all these things. For me, that's what I needed to do. And sometimes it was like $50. Sometimes it was $10. Like I just did what I could. Like people should feel like it wasn't large amounts of money. Like it was, I was just doing what I could do, but I just think that like when you're being curious and you're asking the right questions, you learn things about yourself and then you have a choice. You can stay going like in the knowledge of what you've learned, which is like, oh, I do better when I'm saving for as many things as possible. And even though that might look silly to some people, to me, it made me feel safer. It made me feel like I've done my best to like anticipate things. And, um, but that, I'm not everybody, right? Like other people can manage one bank account and, you know, they, they can, that works for them, but like with my brain, I need to simplify it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I love how you're bringing that up because the same thing doesn't work for, for everybody. So first okay, so the marriage, you then decided, okay, the, the marriage needs to end. So I want to know, like, what was the first few months like when you started to actually have to be reliant on yourself? What did that look like? And then I want you to talk about like how different people, different um, tools, I guess, might work for the different personalities too. 
Yeah. I think deciding to stop fighting my resistance to being a bit of a planner. Mm -hmm. like I, I really don't like planning and I like, I liked feeling spontaneous and I, but I realized that the pain of feeling nervous about money and if there was enough really outweighed that rebel in me about planning. So I did have, um, you know, when I created the dream life and when I created just the regular life, I did have these spreadsheets in Google Docs or, or Google Sheets. And I also was tracking, not spend, but just sort of like tracking how much like random stuff was coming up so I could get an idea of like um, for next year, like to plan better. So the first couple of months were stressful because there was so much emotional stuff going on at the same time. But um, it was stressful. I was looking for other ways to earn. I sold a bunch of things, um, that I didn't need anymore. Um, I realized like that it wasn't like that worthiness piece of like, I derived a lot of, I put a lot of, um, weight in how my partner treated me in terms of like how that made me feel. And not having that dynamic that didn't work in my life, like it felt like this huge weight was lifted, right? So there was room to tackle all the stress that came with becoming financially independent, if that makes any sense. Like I mm -hmm. didn't I didn't have room for it when I was under the weight of an unhappy relationship, but having that gone, I had room for it. Yes, absolutely. That makes so much sense. So then like what are some of the tools and strategies that people who might be in that place. And I mean, it could be a relationship. It could just be a, a career that someone's in. It could be in so many ways where they feel stuck, but like you mentioned, like put making Google sheets and just actually tracking and seeing it that resonates with me so much. Cause I feel like everything you're saying, like that little bit of rebel in you, that's like, no, I don't want to like plan everything out. Like it just kills me to think, oh my gosh, I have to track every coffee, everything going in and out. But it wasn't like that. It was just like a little bit of space to see what's coming in and out and getting annoying. But I'm like, oh, that feels like so, so cage-like to me to, totally. to, you know what I mean? So I like how, you know, well, you know you, what it is too, though, is like when you do the dream life exercise, I almost think people should start with that first because, you know, I, one of the things I realized is that there was a lot of things like, <clears throat> Cause you, you investigate your current life spend, right. And then you, and then you investigate what you want to have when you've done the dream part, like you've allowed yourself to, in an unrestricted way, create something for yourself. And it's, there's something like really excited and empowering about that. Much like me seeing those savings accounts, like growing even small amounts every month. It's like, I've seen what's possible. Once you see what's possible, you can't unsee it. So then when you're, you switch back into your like regular day-to-day -day life and you're, and you're, you know, kind of going through things, I realized how much of my family spend when I was married, I was not in control of like, he was out there living his best life. It, you know, it was his money too. And I, you know, every time he went to Canadian Tire, it was like $400. Every time he, you know, like, he was very generous, he picked up bills all the time at restaurants. So unexpectedly, all of a sudden, my life was cheaper, because I was like, I didn't have this other adult doing whatever they wanted with finances. And so that was kind of fun because right away I was like, whoo, there's money that I wasn't really expecting to be there because I hadn't really anticipated um, how much he was spending, like to the degree that he was. But, but then also too, it's like I was the mom that would go grocery shopping with her little kids and like grab all kinds of random snacks. And all of a sudden when I was grocery shopping, because I was like, you know, all of a sudden Miss Independent, it was like, I don't need to be buying Fruit Loops and not Fruit Loops, sorry, like, you know, those fruit roll things, like the random shit I was buying just because I could, like, I started to actually think about what I was buying. And all of a sudden, my grocery bills went down and, and they didn't feel like sacrifices, like it felt like this, like, really easy thing to do. And, and I remember thinking, what is the one thing that is like a non negotiable for me? And it was my hair. It's like, I love getting my hair highlighted. I go about every three months. And, um, I'm like, I'm not cutting this out. Like I'm going to figure out a way to do this. And yeah, you just, because you know, what's possible. And because you're clear on things, you're like, you just start, you feel so empowered that you don't feel restricted. Mm -hmm. 
And so the tools, really Google was my main tool. I never ended up tracking every little thing because I very quickly saw that um, I, I kind of had an idea of how much things were costing. At one point though, when I wanted to, I would started to, you know, I'd sold some things. I was starting the Airbnb and I was seeing my emergency account um, saving. I was like, you know, I'd really like to get to three months of salary as soon as possible. Um, and so I hacked my grocery bill, like right down. I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend $400 less a month. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. And I just did it and it didn't change. Like it didn't feel any different. Mm. Like I didn't have Ziploc bags always available and I didn't run to the store and replace everything we were out of, but like we never felt, it never felt like we had less, but I created $400 more a month to go in the savings account. And it was like, you're, you don't feel restricted when you're creating more for yourself in another area of your life. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, three months became six months, became 12 months, right? Like, because the mentality was, I need to get that handled. I think women, we feel, we don't do things because we think it's going to feel bad, but we actually don't know how it's going to feel. That's a story we make up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And let's hit right on women because you know, obviously men struggle too with, um, being financially free and feeling secure and, and all the things, but there are a lot of women just in the way that we grew up, you know, the, the men took care of the finances, the women took care of the house. Maybe women didn't even know what was happening. It was all covered and that was fine. But now there's, there's a shift where women are becoming, you know, investors, women are sitting at these tables of like, they are the CEO of the businesses. Like things are starting to shift. And I guess maybe the way that we're thinking about money is shifting too, because I guess for myself, like I never really needed to know. So I just didn't take up that space in my mind. And like, I am in a happy marriage, but I do feel like I would like to be more financially free or have this dream life or, you know, so why do you think, or how do you think things are shifting for women and how do you think they can get in on having some of the conversations and getting some of the knowledge without feeling like, I don't know, an idiot. Maybe it's like, I don't know the first thing about like all of these different terms. I'm like, what, and what is that? And when I went to see a banker about moving my, um, retirement fund, when I, when I left teaching, like, I'm like, basically I'm like green. I know nothing, any of these terms, everything you're saying to me, it's all foreign to me. So, so how do we get in on those conversations and, and move up the ladder per se in finances? Yeah. I mean, women, we just don't tend to talk about it. I'm definitely noticing like in this new business that I've created with Aria is that women in their twenties and thirties, they're a lot more curious. It's a way bigger part of their consciousness. But my peers, certainly, I've attracted over time. I'm a lot of women that will talk about this stuff and are interested in it. But I would say for the most part, it's not really something that women are that interested. That was my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, where where it changed for me is I, I my career is in, was in, in the technology industry. So I was surrounded by men. So I was hearing because I was helping to run tech companies, I I did hear a lot of the financial stuff, but that was relevant to running companies, not necessarily personal, but then, you, you know, you go out for lunch or, you know, you're hanging out with these guys and they're start, they're talking about their investments and their TFSAs and stuff. And I think for a long time, I just like listened out of curiosity. Like I, what went from me like glazing over and being like, Oh, this conversation is so beyond me. So boring. I feel like less than, cause I don't get it went to me just kind of being like, okay, I'm just going to listen as long as I can before I get bored. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to Google. Combined with, I worked with some really great men that I ended up feeling quite comfortable saying, hey, what does that even mean? Like you keep talking about your TFSA, like that's a Canadian thing. And we have a TFSA, but like, it's just like a high interest savings account. Like we just chucked our money in it and like, it's worth the same amount as it was eight years ago. They're like, yeah, because you never did anything with your TFSA. I'm like, but the bank never explained to us 
what to do with it. Like we just thought, oh, high interest savings account, whatever interest it grows, it'll just, you'll never pay tax on however much interest it grows. But I never stopped to think about it beyond that. I just made that mental note of, well, that's worth almost the exact same amount of money eight years later, like dumb. Mm-hmm. But the guy's like, no, no, no. Like you, you actually, that money you put in there, you, you turn it into an investment account and you like invest in the stock market or, you know, the different things you can do. And I was like, what? Like, so being surrounded by like kind people that people actually are usually great. Like it's a story that we look dumb or that people are going to think you're dumb. I think if anything, people are like, happy that you're asking the questions and they they want to be able to answer it and so um being in tech I was often the only woman in the room and I was almost always the only executive not at near the end uh before I left corporate I had some other female executives that I worked with but um I don't know the men I just found the men to be quite generous and I really appreciated that I was surrounded by that conversation but I think even still, like I still get in conversations all the time where it's so beyond me. But what changed though, Kenneth, is that I stopped judging my level of knowledge. Mm. It was like, we're all where we are and we all have different levels of understanding and sophistication. And I'm not an, a professional investor. I don't run a hedge fund. I don't like, this isn't my hobby. So like anything, you know what you know. And when I stopped feeling like I just stopped, I was just like, well, I just know what I know and I'm going to learn. And so that, that, that was helpful because beating yourself up over not knowing anything is actually what keeps you stuck. And I think that that's why so many women don't go any further with it. They're like, well, it's way over my head. I actually kind of find it boring anyways. I don't really want to learn about it. Um, There's not enough pain in my life presenting that I need to. So I'll just keep going the way I am going. Mm. But younger women, the women that I work with, um, they're making good money. Uh, I don't know with social media, if they're just hearing, they're getting way more bombardment of information, but they're a lot more curious and they don't feel as, um, intimidated by it. You know, like they, they do want to figure out how they can be more part of the conversation and what they can do. So that decision to, be a woman who is actively interested in her money is like that really really is all it is like you don't have to be an expert um I love all of that and I love how you brought up the point too about if if it's not a pain point for you maybe you're not even having the conversation or getting curious about it but you absolutely don't have to wait until you get to that point you can actually get curious and um, grow your knowledge one little digestible little piece at a time so that you are financially aware and have that freedom and have that confidence when it comes to money because that'll shift things a thousand percent in your life when you actually have the confidence to make the decisions that serve you and feel good to you. So tell everybody where can they find you what, what do you offer and how can you help them kind of grow in that area? Yeah. You know, I love this question because I'm not even a year into RALS business and it, it's like really evolving because I'm trying to pay attention because there's a story of like what my experience was and what I created going from, um, you know, nothing to, you know, multi seven figures and under seven years and like being really into all different types of investing. But when I'm listening to people that I'm interacting with, like what I thought women wanted and what they actually want keeps changing Mm. because in the, in the social media world, there's a lot of uh, money coaches and people talking about this stuff. It's a really, really noisy space. And there's, you know, like there's the debt stuff there. Like there's a niche of specific things you can learn throughout and you can find exactly what you want to learn. But what keeps coming up for me and what I'm noticing is, is that there's just a lot of women that like, they consume all this stuff, but they just stay stuck and they stay stuck because they just don't know where to start. And when you don't know where to start, it's like, it's just a really easy place to stay stuck, right? Like you just don't, 
So I, I don't know. And maybe if you and I talk in six months, it'll change again, but I'm moving more into like, let's go back to the very beginning, which is like, how do we get you on the track to like deciding this is something you want to learn. And if it's something you want to learn, it's not always because you want to be wealthy. It's not always because you have this big change you want to make in life, but maybe it's just because, you know, you look around and you, you see what's possible. And I'll argue this till, till I, you know, probably croak, which is like, things are made possible through money. Right. If you, and I don't mean like being wealthy. I just mean like things cost money. Opportunities cost money. Decisions cost money. So if you understand money and how money works, like you will be able to create these opportunities for yourself. Um, I'll go back to like your, your question, but like being a woman working in tech for all those years and, and being you know one of the only women, what pained me more than anything was how few women felt comfortable talking about salary. And because women in general don't feel comfortable talking about money, it meant they, they miss an opportunity to negotiate their salary, which is why they don't make the same amount as their male counterparts, not in every company, but it's pretty prevalent. And so if anything, like if getting started is just about so that you feel comfortable enough to negotiate the salary you deserve, or you feel comfortable enough to um, talk to your parents or your partner about money um, so that, you know, things are fair or equitable or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be because you want to become a sophisticated investor, you know, it's just like, so yeah. So my business is about, I want more women to feel comfortable talking and thinking about money so that they can whatever they want with their life. Right. So there's the women that just, you know, it's just important to them because they want to make more money in their day to day. Um, maybe it's because they want to understand finances so they can run their houses better. Maybe it's because it's like they want to make a big change. Um, or maybe it's because they're making good money and they're like, you know what? I've been buying the nice handbags and getting my nails and eyelashes done. And I added it up and that's like $700 a month. I'm basically like spending on nothing and I want to learn how to invest. So like there's really we all have our different goals, but I want, I want more women to feel this empowered because I believe that the more women that feel empowered around money means there's more women growing businesses, starting businesses, running companies, um, creating opportunities for more women. And I just want more opportunities for women in general. Yes. I have two awesome. daughters. I want, I just want that empowerment that I have personally felt comes with understanding money. And I am not a financial expert. <laughs> I'm just a regular lady, 45 years old, who learned what she needed to learn because she wanted to have like a really great life that didn't feel limited by money. Okay. So lastly, talk to us about the life that you're living right now. And I know, like you said, money does create opportunities, experiences, how are you using your money today that you weren't before that's bringing you so much joy or happiness or just like elevation? What What's the difference now? Oh, what a fun question. Well, creating Aurea Wealth, that's a big part of what I'm doing because I want more women to feel excited, like I just said, and, um, you know, becoming motivated to learn about money. So Aria Wealth is one thing that I'm doing with my time and energy. You know, I'm taking my tech background, my coaching background, and what I've learned to be able to work with women the way I do. Um, and then the other thing is, is I became an angel investor. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's really early stage investing in tech companies. And I'm part of a group of women that uh, there's 27 of us, I believe, in this fund. It's our fourth fund. And we invest in early startups and a lot of the, them are women led. And that is so amazing because it's very hard for women to, to get funding in tech. And, you know, hopefully we're moving the needle on that because we hear pitches that um, men don't find interesting or value because they're men and it's just, they don't understand the market and the opportunity. And so we get to invest in these businesses um, and, you know, sometimes we're some of the first money in, and that means other, you know, bigger investors follow along and, and invest as well. So that's something that's been really, really fun, the angel investing. Um, 
real estate's been great. I really appreciate that I've been able to take my early love of like decorating and homes and funnel that into finding great real estate opportunities and, and doing that. So it's, it's multifaceted, right? Like it's, the money has created a lot of opportunities to be invested in different ways. The stock market's been really fun too, because um, my family is very conservative, like what I grew up with. And it was kind of perceived as like gambling, the stock market. Yeah. And my ex-husband didn't want to do the stock market either because we were entrepreneurs and we were always investing and starting tech companies. So it's something that I fully learned on my own in the last 10 years. And I really, really, really love it. It doesn't feel like gambling. It feels like I'm a very lazy investor, I would call it. Like I'm not necessarily like doing all this research and picking specific stocks although there is a little bit of that, it's more like I, I research from a different perspective. Like I use my tech background, which is I'm really interested in people. So I really, I really research teams and try and understand what's going on behind the scenes and their cultures. And that's partly how I make those decisions, but also too, like, like I said, lazy ETFs, like I pick funds that are really balanced and have done well over the years. And I don't buy and sell, like I buy and I just, it just stays there and it grows. And so th- that's just like the variety of different things I've been able to to touch on. But I'd say the biggest thing I'm investing in right now at this stage of my life is myself and in growing Aria because Aria Wealth is going to help move the needle and how many women are feeling like they can do whatever it is they want to do in their life and they're not staying stuck and using money as a reason why they're not moving forward. So if I, if, if I could give one takeaway for everybody, it's like investing in yourself, in my opinion, is the very best thing you can invest in. Um, if I was to try and add up how much I've invested in myself in the last 20 years, I would probably barf <laughs> because um, I love to learn and I'm the first to buy a book and, you know, a course. And I, yeah, I love learning and feel like, I look at the wealth that's created uh, for me just in terms if I wanted to look at that there's two benefits to all that that I financially invested in myself it's resulted in massive financial gain for me my financial situation looks nothing like it did, did 10 years ago and it's also turned into being a woman that I would have dreamed I would have become in my 20s I wanted to be her I wanted to feel the way I feel about myself I just yeah so that's probably been the best part is becoming somebody who I feel really proud of and excited to be. Mm, that like <clears throat> makes me so emotional. Like what a beautiful gift to give women who have so much inside of them that they want to share with the world, the, the opportunity to really shine and thrive and fly like there's so many women just sitting with it right now that would just love the opportunity to like you said become the version of themselves that they know is there and they want to be it's like that's available make the decision do the work invest in yourself i i do agree the best investment you'll ever make is yourself and yeah what a beautiful gift that you're giving the opportunity to women out there to do that. So where can they follow you, find out more about you and find out how they can work with you if they're feeling like, okay, now it's time to put in the work and uh, connect and start to figure things out. Yeah. I, I think that um, I don't know if this is a great analogy, but it's how I used to feel. And maybe, you know, your listeners will, this will resonate for them, but you know, um, horses, like race horses, uh, and they're right before they open the gates to take off. That if you watch really close or if you've ever been to a race, like that energy these horses have, like they are primed and ready to go. And the only thing holding them back is that gate. And then and they go and you watch them and it's incredible, like their muscles. And it's like, it's such an invigorating thing. But what always stood out for me wasn't the running. Like that was inspiring for sure. It was that before that gate opens 
And I remember thinking to myself for so much of my early life, it's like, I'm behind the gates. I'm pent up. I have all this energy, all this stuff that I want to do. And that I know somewhere deep down that I can, but I just don't really know how to do it. Um, yeah, I'm here to just say for like all these women, like absolutely you can. And whether that's you reading a book or, you know, finding a mentor or partnering with like somebody like me or just a really good girlfriend that like gives you what you need to feel excited and motivated to create what you want. Like just do it, do what you need to do for yourself. But if you are multiple years in and you're still not getting the results, that's, that's what I would be curious about is like, if you're still not getting the results you want and you're still stuck, like maybe it is time to um, invest in yourself in another way. I really welcome conversations. If you go to my Aria Wealth Instagram page, you can follow along there. Um, talk to people a lot in the DMs and actually jump on quite a few calls, people that just want to connect because I, I know how many women talked to me along the way and it wasn't, they didn't charge me for their time. And, you know, it was just an opportunity to connect with somebody and ask some questions. And so that's a way for you to also connect with me is just to jump on there, send me a note, we can chat back and forth we can voice note back and forth, or we can have a call. But if you're ready to actually like step into action today and you want to start working through this because you've heard you've heard this you've been listening to other things you're like you know what it's time I do have a program that I offer it's called money made sense and uh, the waitlist is open for next year and the whole premise of it is as I take you through the process that I went through that took me from you know feeling quite stuck to feeling quite empowered and um, you know for the end result can be that you grow wealth as well if that's what you want but maybe that's not what your goal is. So we work really specifically with whatever your goal is over the time that we work together. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love it all. So in the show notes will be linked the IG where you can find Nicole. So if you're feeling called and this is the time, I mean, she just said it there. There's so many different ways to get into it. It could be through a book, a conversation or with her. So Thank you so much for being here and sharing all that you have. I think you're such a gift to the women out there who are wanting to, to take that step or investigate or get curious to create the life that they love that's available for them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I so enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. And I just hope that women start to just feel their value and worth, not because they are a great mom and because they're so busy and doing all the things or because they're, you know, helping their husband or because their career is going well, that people start to just, women start to just feel like they're wonderful because they're wonderful. You know, like, I think we just, uh, myself included, we attach um, our value to what we're doing and not who we are. And so I just hope that we can just continue like the way that you have supported me and that we're having this conversation. And I hope that I hope that women just find a way to get what they need to feel great, whatever way that is for them. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what it starts with when you dig in and invest in yourself and start to, yeah, love who you are, get your worth from who you are and not what you do. Then all of the opportunities will present themselves to you. For sure. Your the sign behind you says wake up, kick ass, repeat. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many different ways to uh interpret that. But I always think about like uh if you wake up in the morning and the first couple thoughts you have are like thoughts that actually build you up, you know what I mean? And not like, you know, oh man, start thinking about all the things that you don't want to do that day or know the fact that you feel gross because you ate too much chips the night before or whatever you know what I mean like I I know that wake up kick ass repeat for me what comes out of that saying is like how do I set my brain the way I need to set it for the day to have a great day oh we're so lucky to be in this time where anything's possible for women you know like it's it's easy the only place we're limited really is in our own heads and that's the truth absolutely so let's let's start to shift that because there's going to be more women leading the way forward. And that's going to be such a beautiful shift 
so we can walk along our, our male, we can walk along our male counterparts together, having, having both because both are important, but there, there is a space where, where women are there too, stepping beside them, walking along the journey in those places. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll stay connected. I loved, I love everything that you share. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of All Things Relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.